The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com that's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C dot com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. The sermon today is a message by Elder Tim McCoo regarding three views of preachers from the Word of God. In this sermon, Brother Tim takes us through the responsibilities of preachers and shares with us three ways in which preachers are described in the Word of God. I hope you'll join us today for this excellent exposition of the duties of preachers in the kingdom of God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Bye. 
few minutes, I'll just uh, direct your attention to 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And then we'll turn over to 2 Timothy, the second chapter. And I want to just bring before you for a few minutes here tonight, uh, before Brother Buddy comes, uh, the three different looks or views of the minister of the gospel. 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. As you're turning there, I'll just say this, that and you've heard, probably heard me say this before, but some of the most impactive messages that I ever heard when I was starting out in the ministry was shared with me by dear sister Elizabeth McGee, who's gone on to be with the Lord. And it was uh, primitive Baptist preaching on preachers. And that was like a flashing neon sign that she gave that to me. I, you know, I wonder why she's giving this to me about preachers, because she wants me to understand what... The responsibility of a preacher. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that she cared enough about me, and I've still got many of those sermons. And so I, I, that was a real education for me about what it means to be a gospel preacher. I'm not talking about a seminary or cemetery trained preacher, if you'll excuse my pun, uh, but I'm talking about the 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 old paths of what it means to be a preacher of the gospel. So let's consider in 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, one of the three S's that I want to share with you, the first being steward, the second being soldier, and the third being servant. The minister of the gospel is instructed to be a steward. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 1, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now understand what a steward is. Basically, that word means what we would know today as a treasurer, really. One who takes account of the the riches that belong to someone else. The steward is not one who has generated or owns the riches himself in the sense of them coming from him. But he is one who holds in trust. You might even consider it as a trustee of something that belongs to another person. So it's very pointed to understand why the Apostle Paul refers to the ministers of Christ as stewards of the mysteries of God. Now this is very near and dear to me personally as a minister of the gospel. Uh, And it's also very near and dear to me because uh, I lacked an understanding of what the role of a minister was throughout my life. I lacked that understanding of what it means to be a minister. And especially when I was 18 or 19 years old and started feeling uh, what I now know was a call to the ministry, uh, there, there was such a gap there of not understanding what God expected of me. And why am I preaching this to you? Because all of you here are not ministers. It's because you need to understand what the Bible teaches about the role of the ministry. If you don't understand what the Bible teaches about the role of the ministry, then you never know what to expect from the ministry. And it's very clear in the Word of God what you as children of God who, who aren't necessarily called to preach, that it's very clear that God wants you to know what to expect from the ministry. Because you're required to hold the ministry to that standard. And if it's not following that standard, then it calls upon you to take action. Whether it's me, or whether it's Brother Chris, or Brother Buddy, or any of these other good brothers that are here. You must be aware of what God expects the minister of the gospel to be. I'm not magnifying myself, as Paul said. I'm magnifying the office that God has created. 
And that's very, there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. I want to magnify the office that God has created for your benefit and for His glory. And the first thing that He says is the minister of the gospel is to be a steward of the mysteries of Christ, mysteries of God. These unsearchable riches of Christ. The last time we were here, we heard Brother Ricky preach that message on the unsearchable riches of Christ. And that is what, the, that is what God expects a minister of the gospel to be a steward over. Now I want you to think about this aspect of being a servant of, of the Lord called in the ministry is a real personal thing with that minister because I guarantee you that every steward or every treasurer that's in the world, uh, I, I'm sure that the, the general public doesn't know the exact account of all the treasure that they account for. Right. So you understand what I'm saying is this is a very personal thing for a minister of the gospel is to have a to personally be a steward for God and the riches that we can never hope to count or know because they're unsearchable. But it is a per, that that minister of the gospel must have uh, be able to account for or be a faithful steward of those unsearchable riches. The wonderful thing about that is you can count as for a lifetime and never count all the riches of God. But that, understand what I'm saying on this, this steward issue. The man of God is called to be a steward. That is a personal relationship of trust with the Lord. The Lord calls a man to be a steward of the mysteries of God, meaning that he has an understanding of what the mysteries are. <laughs> you see, if it's a mystery of God that we preach. Uh, he says in Colossians, the first chapter, is Christ in you. He says that's a mystery. It was a mystery that was kept secret from before the foundation of the world that throughout all of time since the days of Adam that every born-again child of God had Jesus Christ in their heart. That was a mystery that nobody understood until the Lord comes along, comes to the earth, goes to the cross, dies on the cross, pays for our sins, comes forth victorious, and He goes back to heaven and He leaves ministers of the gospel here as Stewards to explain that incredible richness to you. Amen. Amen. So you wonder what that, that was in your heart. You wonder what was going on. You wonder why you feel guilty over your sins. And for, for centuries, nobody understood that. You don't think that's important to the child of God? Amen. You don't think that's why Jesus says that John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets? Amen. But he, that is, uh, he, is, he is not as great as the one that is the least in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You know why? Because you're living in the kingdom of God. And you know it. That's right. <laughs> See, that's a very important role for the steward. To be able to share that mystery. What's going on in my heart? What, what is happening to me? Is Christ in you, the hope of glory. See? So that minister of the gospel, that steward of the mysteries of God must have, and you must expect him to have an understanding of what it means to care for those unsearchable riches of grace. You see? Another characteristic of this minister of the gospel is that he be a soldier. He's described as a steward over there in 1 Corinthians. He's described as a soldier in 2 Timothy 2. Now, personally, I like that because I grew up, that was my playtime was G.I. Joe. I mean, that's what I had to play with when I was a kid, and that was my favorite. You know, I liked this. I, I, I've often said, and my mom said the same thing, I can't believe I didn't go in the military. I grew up in camouflage. You know, I was, I was in, you know, how everybody's camouflage is in fashion today. I was pre-fashion because I was wearing camouflage all the time. I, I had figured it out before the rest of the world figured it out, you know. I'm just kidding. So, 
that's what I did growing up. That, I just love getting out in the woods and, and putting on camouflage and ripping and running out there. So I, I like the idea of, hey, I, the Lord calls me a soldier. I kind of like that, you know. My uniform's a little different than that camouflage, though, you know, if you can call it a uniform. But here he describes the, the minister of the gospel as a soldier. Now I want you to think about these aspects of the ministry. How many soldiers have you ever seen, you know, that, that just prepared themselves and went out and fortified themselves? That's, that's nonsense, isn't it? A soldier is fortified by the commander or by the captain. Jesus is the captain of our salvation. So the general, the one that is over the soldier and the battalions or the, the ministers of the gospel, now we don't all wear the same uniform, that's for sure, but the, the Lord Himself is the general, see? Paul says, thou, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now I submit to you, Brother Neil and Brother Luke and I have visited on this, these verses of Scripture on many occasions. And I would say the hardness that a, that a minister of the gospel endures in these days is, is nothing compared to what uh, the Apostle Paul endured. So it very well may be that in our lifetime that we'll see that type of hardness that must be endured yet again. But the type of hardness that's described here where it, it talks about endurance, you know, just enduring things. You know, that's the, one of the things about a soldier. He's got to endure some things, does he not? Uh, I was revisiting... Uh, um, a DVD that we took uh, in 2003 up at the old house. We had a Memorial Day get-together. And I was revisiting that yesterday. Uh, Brother C.O. Burkhalter was on there. And Uncle Frank and uh, um, also um, Uncle Lloyd was on there telling their war stories about World War II. It's just amazing. Just, just enthralling to me to hear that. And I particularly was listening and focusing in on what uh, Brother C.O. Burkhalter, Brother Luke Hagler's uh, granddaddy was telling. And it, just to hear the hardness that they endured, to hear about the winners and about uh, you know things they had to deal with all the way down to uh, men getting foot rot because they didn't have changes of socks and things. I mean, things that we just take for, I got 15 pairs of socks in my drawers, you know. But we don't think about what a soldier endures. And a lot of times, we don't think about what the minister of the gospel endures. And I'm not talking about a pity party. And I'm not talking about feeling sorry for somebody. And I'm not, I'm not giving you any particular example from me. I'm just telling you the Word of God teaches that the minister of the gospel is a soldier. And it's good for the people of God to consider what the minister of the gospel has to endure. Because what he endures is not what everybody else endures. Because God's called him to endure some things that thankfully you're not called to endure. True. Some of those things that he endures is um, you get some bad mouthing from time to time or some secondhand information or something that just that just may go the wrong way. Especially, you know, whenever his, his wife may get a hold of it. She doesn't like anybody talking about her husband or how he preaches or whatever. I mean, that, that's a small example of some of the hardness that... Uh, that a minister of the gospel may endure, and I'm not talking about any particular preacher's wife that's here, by the way, okay? I'm just using that as an example. But there, you don't get up and preach, and so therefore you don't have to be subject to the scrutiny of what other people say about somebody preaching. See? God had, you know, somebody heard the old joke one time on one of Elder Sonny Powell's sermons. He said uh, somebody was criticizing Brother Sonny's um, 
sermon and, and he, he told them, he said, well, I'm going to pray that your son's called to preach, you know. <laughs> and you'll change your tune whenever your son gets up here and starts preaching, you know. Of course, that's all. Uh, he was just being, I think, I guess he was joking. Maybe Brother Sonny really did that. But uh, there's some things that the minister of the gospel endures that God just doesn't call other people to endure. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because that's the nature of the office of being a soldier. There's things that our soldiers on battlefields endure that, thank God, we don't have to endure those things. Yeah, and if you're not thinking about that minister of the gospel as a soldier, then you may not consider the fact that there's some things that that soldier, that minister of the gospel goes through that they put up with and that they handle and that they process that you don't have to. See? That's the nature of being a soldier is that he processes things and goes through some things to ensure the freedoms of the people that he is protecting. Amen. That's something that a minister of the gospel is called to do. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. And I like this verse right here. No man that warreth, warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. This was, in, this was being inscripted. This was being uh, drafted. You understand this? This isn't a sign-up sheet for being a soldier. Amen. I'll sign up to be a preacher. You better turn away from that guy. Amen. This is not somebody signing up to be a preacher. This is somebody being chosen to be a preacher. You see, that's very important. I'll tell you what, that knocks out a lot of, of what's called preachers or preaching out there today. Amen. It's not a career choice. It's not a path I say, well, I'll just, I just think that's what I'll do to go into to make money. Well, you can never say that when it comes to the Primitive Baptist Church. <laughs> that's not a path I'm going to choose to go into to make a lot of money, you see. Yeah. But it is a path that God inscripts a man or calls him into and puts him into it. Yeah. Uh, I've had people say to me before, or say to my wife before, uh, you know, I didn't know that you married a preacher. And she didn't. She didn't marry a preacher. I wasn't preaching when we got married. <laughs> you know, she was inscripted through me into that later, you know. So this is a choosing by God, chosen, choosing someone to be a soldier. Now, I think it's very important to point out here that we would, we would never ask a soldier to go out of his own charge and of his own money and fund himself in a war, would we? You know, the Word of God teaches a full-time ministry. Amen. I've said this for years. I, I've been full-time ministry for years. Uh, it's just also i got another job that's full-time too. See? Now you think about that. And I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying think about funding. Uh, think about the idea of sending a soldier out unfunded, going out of his own charges. You know, give, he's got to buy his own bullets. He's got to make, he's got to get his own gun. He's got to fix his own uniform. That's nonsense. We would never think about it. We're so glad we have a military. But then it comes to the soldier who is the minister of the gospel, and yet we say, well, he, he'll, he'll be all right. You know, he, he can fund himself. See? You say, well, it's kind of quiet in here, but that's what the Word of God teaches. Right. Amen. Think about how many years have been taken off the lives of soldiers of the gospel because they had to work themselves down to a nub just trying to make it from week to, to allow for time to study the Word of God, allow for time to visit people, allow for time to counsel, and yet they still Amen. had to keep that job going. That's true. The whole time. Amen. I'll tell you, I'll just be honest with you. I'm not a lazy person. Anybody ever accuse me of being lazy? Uh, they just don't know what they're talking about. 
But I try all the time to free up time on my busy schedule so I'll be able to shift a little time over here and get to what is important in my life, which is not the practice of law, but it is the practice of being a steward of the Word of God. That's the most important thing to me in this life. I think about it all the time. When I lay down at night, I think about it. When I get up in the morning, I think about it. When I pray, I think about it. When I drive down the road, I think about it. When I go to court, I think about it. I'm always thinking about it. Let me tell you something. You need to expect that out of the minister of the gospel. If he's not always thinking about it, well, I wonder if he's even called. There you go. See? So we send our soldiers off to fight and we say, we'll we'll supply you. And yet here the Apostle Paul tells us that the minister of the gospel is a soldier. He says that must endure hardness. And that verse of Scripture, verse 4, is slapping me in the face all the time. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. I'm telling you, that's slapping me in the face all the time. I stay so busy and I think, do I take this case? Do I not take this case? How, how entangled is this case going to be? Because I'm going to tell you, there's been some cases that I've taken that have kept me up all night long thinking about them. And any of you, whether you practice law or practice medicine or, or, or work in the government or work wherever, whatever you do. If a, if a minister of the gospel, he is going, whatever you do is going to consume your mind. And Paul says, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. That, that one hits me in the face all the time. Last thing he says here or that I'm going to say to you is verse 24. The servant of the Lord, verse 24, the same chapter, 2 Timothy 2. We talked about a steward. We talked about a soldier. Now look at this. Now let me say this also. Remember the steward? That's sort of a personal relationship there with the Lord and counting up the treasure of the Lord. You've got to have some idea about the treasure of the Lord to count it up. Right. And here is a soldier is the responsibility to fight and stand for, and I don't mean physically fist fighting, the interesting thing about being a soldier for the Lord is that He calls on us not to fight. Right. To stand in the truth. Put on the armor of God. So it's an outward manifestation of that inward treasure that you're a steward of. And then you come to verse 24, and here is the sharing of those treasures that God has given the minister of the gospel. The servant of the Lord must not strive. I have a difficult time with that sometimes. There's some folks that I really want to strive with when it doesn't go the way I want it to go. But we are not to strive but to be gentle unto all men. You know, as me as a minister of the gospel, as a a pastor of a church, that includes my own family. (laughs) Because I'm their pastor too. That really hits me in the face a lot because sometimes I might be a little gruffer with my family than I would be with a church member. I'm just, right. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just confessing, you know, because they ought to know better. I've been teaching them, you know. Anyway, uh, but I have to be gentle unto all men, whether I'm dealing with my six-year-old or where I'm dealing with a ninety-year-old, whether I'm going to the bedside of someone to pray before they go to see the Lord, or whether I'm going to deal with some situation that's come up. Be gentle. Unto all men. Not my nature is not to be gentle. Apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. And I love this right here because this really gets me off the hot plate. Because it's just not about me. Amen. As a steward, as a soldier, and as a servant. Think about it. I'm counting somebody else's treasure as a steward, and I'm standing up for my general as a soldier. He is the commander of the army. And as a servant, I'm serving somebody else. It's just not about me. 
He says, if God, by chance, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him and his will. You know what that tells me? That tells me that if it's not truth, it's a snare. Amen. That's an that's a all-encompassing statement, is it not? Yeah. If it's not truth, then there's some kind of snare to it. That makes me want to protect the truth. And it tells me that they oppose themselves. They do not oppose me. Even though they may say something ugly to me or not like what I tell them, if I, I still have to do it in a gentle and kind way. But somebody that rejects the truth or, or falls under the category, one of the categories of the parable of the sower, children of God who, who have different situations in life that are not doesn't seem like they're ready for the truth, you see? I'm supposed to in meekness instruct those. They don't oppose me. They oppose themselves. What does that mean? That means God has written the law of truth in their heart. And they are opposed to that very law that's written in their heart. Right. They oppose themselves. They don't oppose me, but it sure sounds like they oppose me. <laughs> Whenever you hear them say, well, I just really don't care about that or don't want to have anything to do with that. So that takes me off the hot plate. That takes me off, off of the center of attention. It is, it is against God. It's against the very God that's within their heart. I want to tell you something. That, I hadn't, when I was younger, I didn't feel this way. Because you're all, I was more fiery and, and argumentative when I was younger. But I tell you, as I've gotten older, I thought about that. And it causes me to have great compassion for God's yeah, children right. who oppose themselves. The confusion and the contradiction is right here. You know what? Don't you think Paul was thinking of that in Romans 10th chapter whenever he said, just confess Jesus. He's yeah. already in your heart. Amen. He's right there. Just confess Him. For with the heart, man believeth unto, unto a salvation, and with the mouth, confession is made unto. Not into, but unto salvation. Paul was concerned about that, that timely deliverance, that timely confession of that child of God. Those children of God were opposing themselves. The very Savior that had saved them. I heard Elder Mazingo Jr. say once that, According to Romans 11th chapter, there'll be some of those Jews that would wake up in heaven and for the first time when they woke up in heaven and looked on the face of Jesus Christ, they'd realize He was their Savior. Right. I believe Amen. that with all my heart. Because <laughs> they opposed themselves their entire life. They just wouldn't move out of those different categories of the parable of the sword. Praise God you can move in and out of them. Because I've been in every one of them. I promise Amen. you. That's another story. But maybe these words that are on my heart tonight are an encouragement to us to know what to expect from the ministry, from me, from these other ministers of the gospel. You should hold the minister of the gospel to the standard that God sets on him to be a steward of the unsearchable riches of Christ and to be a soldier and stand and fight and, and stand before whoever he's dealing with and endure hardness if it comes, which it will. And also to share, to share the Word of God in a loving, gentle, and kind way as a servant of the Lord who must not strive. I've said this before. I've never argued anybody into the truth, and I've never expected to. Amen. But I tell you what, if I'm not deceived, I believe I've loved some people into it. Amen. Yes, sir. I believe I've loved some people into it. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace.
If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.